Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the practical voice podcast. In this episode of VUX World, we take a walk down memory lane. I'm joined by four of the Alexa champions, Steve Arkonovich, Tim Carla, Nick Schwab and Eric Olson. These guys were Alexa champions way back when. I think Steve was part of the first crop of Alexa champions. And so we take the opportunity to have a little bit of a walk down memory lane and discuss what things were like when these first started creating skills for Alexa. What was the ecosystem like? What was the community like? And we kind of just take a trip from then, five years ago, all the way through to today. We look at some of the most notable advancements and some of the things that got them most excited over that journey. Some of the kind of signs that let them know that things are working really well. Uh, And then we kind of discuss today. We discuss the community today and then looking forward to the future as well. What do they want to see? What do they expect to see from the voice community and the voice ecosystem it is a really lovely chat i'm really appreciative of the guys joining me for for a catch-up at project voice and i'm sure you will love it too so before we move on with the interview, I'd like to say a special thank you to ReadSpeaker for sponsoring this episode of VUX World. ReadSpeaker have been creating custom text-to-speech solutions for over 20 years. They've got in-house expertise in artificial intelligence and deep neural networks. They've been building and developing custom voices for worldwide global brands. And it's it's unbelievable. I mean, they cover 30 languages, 90 different voices. So if you're looking for anything that needs text-to-speech voices, whether it's IVR systems, you know, any kind of conversational system, voice assistant applications, you know, automotives, robotics, public service announcement systems, learning platforms, websites, anywhere you need text-to-speech, ReadSpeaker have you covered. Check them out if you haven't already. The link to the website to find out more information is on the website and it's also in the show notes. Now, without further ado, this is Nick Schwab, Eric Olson, Steve Arkonovich and Tim Carla on VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. Branding with the big faces. I love listening to it. Kane Sims. Kane Sims. Kane Sims, the one and only. Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about voice. Without further ado, welcome to the show. So, here we are at Project Voice, and I'm joined by, as Tim just pointed out, four Alexa champions. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. We've got Tim Carla of 169 Labs, representing the European contingent. We've got Steve Arkonovich of uh, Big Sky, and we have Eric Olsen of 3PO Labs, and Nick Schwab of Invoked Apps. So, chaps, welcome welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you. Wow. So... You lot are Alexa champions, and when? So when did you become Alexa champions? Yours was f- not recently, but I remember you, Tim, put a video on uh, Twitter of you circling around Germany. And did you get a tattoo? Yeah. Was it a real tattoo? Yes, of course it was. Really? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it's been kind of a story uh, yeah. around Twitter. Yeah. So, so when, uh, when did you become Alexa champion? In I think in March or April 2019. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Steve? I think it was 2017. Whenever the very first batch of Alexa champions of 10 came out, I was in that first batch. Wow. One of the first original Alexa champions. So the first first 10. The first 10, yeah. Wow. Wow. First 10. And Eric? Yeah. Likewise, I was in that uh, first 10. I think it was springtime 2017. Wow. 
Nick? Uh, I was in the second batch. I think it was uh, early 2018, maybe. Wow, cool. Okay, so they started then. just giving it out to anyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Quality went downhill. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So, um, so when did you first start building skills then, Nick? Um, my very first skill I launched in, I believe it was March of 2016. Right. Um, and that was back before the Alexa Skills Kit was even a thing. Uh, really? Back then it was called, I think, the Alexa SDK. Right. And um, what what was that then? What was that in comparison to the to the skills kit? You know, honestly, I can't remember. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, building my first couple skills with it, it wasn't a big challenge. There was a lot of great example code out there. Um, a lot of the concepts were still the same, right? This the syntax was just minorly different. Um, you know, I built Bargain Buddy on that. I built Opening Bell, which is the first skill where you could actually look up a stock price using a company name. Um, and yeah, you know, I built that skill in like a few hours, so it, it wasn't a big deal at all. Okay. And so when, when did the Alexa Skills Kit, was, when was that introduced, do you know? I think it was June of 2015. June 2015. I think they had announced that there was going to be some stuff before it, and that's uh, around that time people, like, they opened up the developer forums and stuff. Right. Uh, but I think it was around June that they technically had the, the Alexa Skills Kit. Yeah. So when did, when did you build your first skill then, Eric? Uh, it would have been that summer. I started playing around with stuff just uh, as far as, like, toying with some home automation things. Uh, but as far as the first things that I went on, went on to publish, it was... Uh, started those around September of that year, uh, right around the time that actually the first skills got published on the skill store. All right. Um, that was uh, April Hamilton and Joe Jacinta and uh, Diego Benitez got their first skills out, and that was like a big deal. Yeah. Like it was, they got one of them out a week, and Amazon <laughs> sent out emails and everything to wow. everyone. So nice. What about you, Steve? When did you launch your first skill or start start thinking about building your first skill? Well, I started uh, build. Well, they weren't skills, so they weren't published. But I started actually uh, hacking around with Alexa in like in late 2014. Wow. Maybe very early 2015, um, where I had this thing where I would um, scrape the utterances off of the uh, the web app in Alexa, like the activity section of the web app, right. and just scrape those utterances and send them to a server and parse them myself. And I built stuff to, like, control my lights and to integrate my Google Calendar before there even were skills. Wow. And then once the skills could came out, which I've actually never used, but I think I was in one of the, the first batches of skills. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you were tampering around with it before then, where did you find it from? Like, where, where, where did you, like, where did you come across it? Where did you even understand that you can actually build something for these, this kind of smart device? Uh, I, there is a guy named Zach Feldman, and he had a GitHub repo where he had started, like, doing this, where he saw that, like, every time you made an utterance, it would just, like, send it, right, to the, to the web page, of the Alexa web page. Mm. And so he had this idea, oh, I could just, like, set up a web scraper that was just running all the time, checking for updates, like, on the history of the utterances. Mm. And then from there, you just do all, all of the parsing on the, your own back end, and, mm. Yeah. Wow. So we did, like, Hue integration, I did Evernote integration, and he did, like, an Uber. He could call an Uber, just a private skill for himself before there was... Wow. Yeah, before wow. there were even skills, like, announced. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. That's, that is cool. And when, when, did, when did Alexa come to Germany? And were you building on Alexa before it was even in Germany? I think there was a private invitation-only uh, period running by the end of 2016. Right. And in March 2017, the devices got publicly available, available in, in Germany. Right. That's when we all started 
fooling around uh, with the SDK version one yeah. during a hackathon in uh, in Cologne, Germany, and that's where where we started actually building stuff. And the first one, which came out, I think in May 2017, mm. is still one of our most popular ones. Mm. These animal sounds uh, uh, stuff, which yeah. are quite quite popular in Germany at least, and. Uh, compared to today, it feels like driving a car uh, 80 years ago. I mean, it's not the Tesla way of... of uh, it wasn't the Tesla way of uh, creating skill experiences. And now it's a whole different story, I would say. Right. Is it more like a Tesla now then? Yeah. yeah. I mean, with the tools that are out there already, I mean, I, I think Stack Overflow has been a desert in terms of finding things mm. uh, related to to Alexa uh, yeah. back then and uh, I think Jeff Blankenberg maybe had already some stuff going on in 2017 on, on his GitHub uh, repositories that was our single source of, uh, mm. of truth yeah yeah. so because you launched fairly early stuff in Germany you then ended up having you then became like the first party yeah sort of skill didn't you so if someone says like play the sound of a barking dog or whatever it was using your we're like skill. the dominoes of the animal sounds <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. first come first serve yeah so did any of you kind of benefit from anything similar to that like like has Big Sky ever been the default first party weather skill for Alexa or did any of you benefit from some of that th first party stuff because uh, you were there let quite me think. early uh, no <laughs> is, is the answer um, yeah but there's always hope uh, but it's never become a first party uh, weather option right yeah so any, anything that you did become first party yeah Aaron? yeah the uh, uh, around it must have been 2017 December right before the their big Christmas push uh, Complibot got the a top level top level invocation for compliment me right. uh, and I saw my traffic at that point jump like two orders of magnitude so like wow. that's that's if you can get access to that that's a serious benefit right yeah. And is that the, is that still the case then? Is, it's it's shared. There are right. a, a, a few different skills that complement me routes to, um, but it is still the case today. Okay, that's cool. And how would you how would you describe the the developer or the community sort of landscape, Nick? When you first started, did one even exist? And how would you how would you describe it? Uh, it was I mean it was very small back then. Um, so you know, my very first skill that I launched was one of the first two hundred in the entire market. Um, and back then, you know, getting a few thousand users was a big deal. And now you look at the skill store and a few thousand users is nothing, right? You need to get like tens of thousands of users in order to, to make an impact, let alone like get developer rewards, for example. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the community has grown substantially. Um, we started a Slack group way back when full of developers. Uh, you know, it started off as just a couple dozen folks in a Slack channel talking about skill development. And now it's past, I think, 3,500 skill developers. Wow. Is that the Alexa Slack channel? That's the Alexa Slack yeah. channel, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's been for us in Germany as well uh, a very good uh, source of getting getting help besides the, the repositories of Jeff Blankenberg. Mm. Uh, I think I met Nick in August 2017 in Germany <laughs> during an event. <laughs> and uh, he and all the other folks and uh, fellows have been helping us uh, build, get, getting stuff out uh, mm. in, in the German market as well. That's mm. really helpful. Yeah. Mm. What point was it so obviously when you started um it was a fairly small community 
There was no Alexa skills kit. Um, and really, you, you, there's no way of really telling whether this thing is going to be successful, whether it's going to grow, you know. So at what point in time did it start feeling as though things were clicking and things were starting, you know, confirming that this is actually something that, that is uh, going to be a fairly large platform? Yeah, for me, that was uh, that was December 2016. Um, so I launched my first uh, sleep sound skill in October 2016. And I got some pretty good natural traffic to it, just based on the name, Rain Sounds. Um, but then as that natural traffic grew, um, Amazon took notice and they started promoting it. And then it actually was called like one of the top skills of 2016, I think, um, around the holidays. And traffic just just exploded. Like I went from having, you know, maybe 5,000 users a week to seeing like 40,000 users in a week. Yeah, the, it's pretty much that same time. There's a sort of a funny anecdote that I think kind of shows the explosion in growth, which was that, uh, the day after Christmas that year, um, you know, everybody went home, the, the dot had just launched. Uh, so they go open up their dots, turn on the thing, uh, and Amazon, like, you know, the, the company that owns the biggest like, cloud provider in the world, backing all of their Alexa stuff, was not able to handle the traffic of people trying to enable skills, which actually ended up being a negative for Nick because people were trying to enable his skills and they couldn't. And so he started getting negative re reviews, like, I can't use this thing. <laughs> but wow. it, I think that was the moment that it clicked. It's like, this is a big deal. Wow. So even Amazon didn't quite prepare themselves for what might have happened. Well, you, Steve, when, when, were the, when were the first sort of signs that this is something that, that could actually work? Yeah, I think it was uh, after Christmas that year, but it didn't happen explosively. I just recognized it sort of organically, because I had a bunch of skills out. I had a, I had a calendar integration, and I had a <clears throat> music server integration, but then I saw the big sky just, I didn't even notice until, until one day my credit card expired, and so... <laughs> <laughs> so the skill wasn't, I wasn't getting the API information I needed because it was being rejected. And then I started getting a bunch of negative reviews. But I hadn't actually been paying attention because I figured it was just like me and my mom <laughs> using the, the thing. And then I realized, oh, actually thousands of users have just sort of gradually grown to depend on this thing. And so then I was sort of, yeah, then I was optimistic. I think it was right after the hackathon we attended mm -hmm. where we like, were just playing around with it. And there was one of the Amazons, Amazonians in the jury, jury uh, after that, and he approached us and asked us, I mean, we, we won that competition, that was like the first momentum uh, we had, and he approached us and asked us if we want to make a real product out of that service uh, we've uh, been creating. And that, that was like the, the pushing for us uh, to go full in uh, in voice. And I would say with the first client project at the end of uh, 2017, we knew, okay, it's, it's worth the, the invest and we are at the right time on the right place. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting, that, because I, I, I remember, I can't remember the first time I've seen the Echo but I remember that I registered the VUX World Domain name in June 2017 because I seen it and I thought that that sounds really good, you know. And, and, and before I knew you could build skills for it, I thought, imagine if you could. The first time I seen it, I thought, imagine if you could create stuff for that. That'd be fantastic, you know. It's like audio production, writing, user experience. It's everything I've ever done, you know what I mean? It's like perfect. But then so I registered the, the domain name 
thought I'd start a podcast to learn more about it because what better way than an audio medium for an audio kind of, uh, another audio medium, I suppose. Um, but couldn't find anyone to speak to about it. So in the UK, it was like there was things happening. You know, I think uh, I think Jess Williams and Oscar were kind of just getting started and stuff. So there was things happening, but it didn't seem like there was a huge community until kind of I, I think I stumbled across the This Week in Voice podcast at the end of 2017, something like that, <clears throat> which kind of confirmed that there was something something there, which is obviously a little bit later than than uh, the new lot. So from the end of 2017. Uh, we launched a podcast in 2018, so then now that's two years ago now. So in the last two years, what are some of the kind of like some of the either the advancements or some of the other things that you've noticed that have kind of like been good signs for the industry? What's that with you, Nick? Oh gosh. Um, well, you you've ended up buying a Tesla from all this work, so that's that's one thing that, that's fairly obvious. But but what kind of other signs have you noticed over the last two years? Um, or any other things that have kind of like been notable ad- notable advancements in, in the industry? Yeah, you know, I think the introduction of monetization is, you know, probably hands down one of the biggest things to happen in the industry. Um, you know, as developers uh, and getting rewarded for through uh, developer rewards, like that was, a, you know, it's great. I actually still get them. Um, but everybody knows, like, you can't depend on developer rewards that are controlled ent- entirely by Amazon. It's completely arbitrary. We don't know you know, how that's calculated in a transparent, transparent way. Um, so having control of your own destiny through in-skill purchases was really important for me as a, you know, as a company. Um, so introducing that to my skills and then seeing customers actually buy the content, I think is game changing. You know, I'm seeing conversion rates that are the same as smartphone applications, basically. And I think other folks are too. So now it's just a matter of making sure we get enough users to skills so that people can actually make a sustainable business using in-skill purchases. Yeah, the I mean they've solved like a lot of the technological problems that we we had early on. Um, like some standouts there are like the on the Alexa side things like the the fallback intent and intent history gives the ability to like solve problems we couldn't solve in the early days. But really like the way I measure the the last two years is just like the explosive growth of the number of people in the industry. Um, the I was talking to Davis Bitsky last night, the chief evangelist for um, for. Alexa and Echo, and you know, two years ago, it was the community was small enough that it was Davis Bitsky every week running the uh, Alexa office hours, and so he w- he would run that, and there would be you know, ten of us would get on there and try and like uh, like glean information out of him, and he would never give us any. Uh, and today, he's like flying over all over the world, just like talking to every media outlet who constantly want to hear about this stuff. We have multiple new providers now in uh, you know Google and Samsung getting in the game as well as a bunch of companies now trying to do their own like white label sort of situation with their own uh, their own platforms so it's the landscape today is not anything like it was two years ago mm. when, when did it first start you know what kind of things over the last two years do you think have been been some of the most notable advancements, Steve. Yeah, well, I, I agree with Nick that ISPs, like uh, monetization, is a was a game changer. Um, and uh, well, I just think the number of people who are the, the de- de- growth of the developer community, and like the fact that Samsung is like s- super interested in getting this space. Google seems rededicated in a way to attracting third-party developers. Um, I think all of that shows that there's a lot of optimism. Mm. Yeah, going mm. forward. 
What about you, Tim? So you started working with clients in, in 2017. Mm. Uh, what are some of the other not, not, notable advancements, either from working with clients or from the ecosystem or the community? What are some of the, the other advancements you've noticed over the last two years? I think what we've been dreaming on from the very first uh, beginning was uh, ways of doing uh, personalization uh, in, in skills which is, has been just announced a couple of months ago, that there are now possibilities to do that, actually. And, I mean, that's what a smart digital personal, personal assistant should be all about. It should adapt to my uh, personal uh, needs and, and requirements. Uh, that's one thing. And the other one is, I think that you have access to the current location of somebody uh, it's like location API called or something mm -hmm. like this, right? Um, that opens up a whole new level of voice experiences. And that's what I think we, and we have heard that uh, during the couple, uh, the, the couple of few days uh, here at, at Project Voice, is the next thing, like getting out of the, the, of the apartment, of the safe environments, going into cars, going, having on-the-go um, situations, and that's what I think could open up the next level of voice experiences. Mm. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting because in the last two years, lots of people have gone from what would be considered hobbyists to now having companies. So you referred earlier on just there, Nick, as my company. So it's kind of like the last two years I've noticed is that voice has been able to turn for some people what is a even for me what is a hobby and a passion into something that can provide a living what are, what are some of the things that you've kind of alluded to it tim in terms of like the future you know either the next 12 months the next 18 months not you know like, we don't want to like get our crystal balls out and think what's it going to be like in 10 years time but realistically from where we are now fast forward kind of like 12 18 months steve where, what, where do you think we're heading what do you think what do you think we'll see in the next kind of like 12 to 18 months well, I think there's a big push towards multimodality. Uh, so, I, and in general, I think this quality of the skills and the kind of expertise that you need to build a quality skill is going to continue to increase. Like in the old days, as Nick said, it was pretty easy, right? Uh, a couple hours to get a skill out. But now, like, there's just been an explosion of the feature set, uh, which I always, like, every day it seems like there's new features. Um, so I think uh, a growth in the quality of the skills and kind of the resources that are required to build a skill, um, I think that's going to happen. And also I th think sort of this idea that uh, skills will be more like, uh, sort of more like microservices. There'll be a lot of skills connecting on the back end, which in a way might sort of be uh, the rise of the platform over like the individual developer. I think that might be interesting and unclear exactly how that's going to work out, but I think it's going to come in that time frame, you mm. know, in a year or two. Interesting. Because I think it's already, I don't know what you would think about this, but I've been thinking this week about some of the skills that get negative reviews, but the review is actually a, a negative review about the platform. So this skill didn't hear what I said. You know, it's not the skill, it's, it's, the, it's the platform. And, and so when you're saying there that, that things might turn into like microservices and that it becomes less about the third party and more about the experience, if you like, um, it might. Do you think it already kind of 
is in some or for some people already like that so do you think that people are aware of the fact that they're using an invoked app skill when they use sleep sounds or do you think that they think that it's alexa playing sleep sounds and 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 do you think there's awareness on the consumer side about all of this stuff that we're talking about and if not do you think there needs to be has anyone got any thoughts on that yeah you know i think um I think that's definitely a problem. You know, I, I see reviews all the time for folks leaving a review really about the device itself rather than my skill, or even somebody who's leaving a review about a different skill and they just left it on mine instead. Like, it, it, it happens quite a lot, actually. Um, and yeah, it's a problem that we can solve, and it's only going to get worse if we move to this platform concept, but there are things that we can do as skill developers to kind of help help consumers identify that they're in a skill. And one thing that I do is I, I have an ear con in my skills. So the first, you know, every time you open one of my skills, you hear this nice little ear con that's unique to Invoked App's brand. And that's that's how you know you're getting the Invoked App experience. Interesting. Yeah, the, so this is definitely one of the biggest problems we're facing right now. And this is actually a bi-directional thing where uh, Amazon doesn't let us do certain things because they're afraid of what might happen if users don't understand that they're using a skill. Um, but then at the same time, like things happen in our skills because users think they're back at the, the top level. Uh, the, I'm actually about to drop a blog post on one of the um, solutions that I've been working on lately, uh, which is the idea of sort of an enhanced fallback, um, where a lot of these things that users say to my skill, thinking that they're out of the skill context, um, really common things like you know asking for the weather when they're talking to Complibot. Um, I a couple months ago implemented. Uh, I just picked the, the the top most common ones and have custom intents in there that say, you know, in the case of, of Insultabot, it'll like say it's like, hey, you're not in the you're not you're talking to Insultabot still. Maybe you forgot, and then it'll insult them as it does, um, and then it'll explain to them how to get back to the top level. But it's a way of basically realizing that the users don't have context, giving it to them, and then still giving them some content. Um, and so I rolled that out a couple of months ago, and it's actually been really, really successful. It's caused my, uh, like my miss rate to go way down, um, and people aren't sitting there like in sessions getting frustrated because they don't understand what's going on anymore. Um, so there are some things that we can do on our side to help with this, but we definitely need Amazon to implement some features as well on their side to, like, to solve their part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one of the things you mentioned there, Steve, is, is you were saying that the the resources that that are required to put together a, a high quality skill have have changed, <coughs> excuse me, or in, increased. Um, how, how do you think that um, the consumer expectations of interacting with these voice assistants has also increased, Tim? Um. I just wanted uh, to say thank you to, to Nick because we got a lot of reviews that were dedicated to you <laughs> and actually uh, quite a lot, very good reviews. So, uh, <laughs> no, but um, from a user perspective, um, I have some things on, on, on my wish list as a user of, of Amazon Alexa and all the other assistants is, um, and referring to what Nick said, it's like have more transparency. Who am I talking to? To actually, who is that provider of that piece of information? Um, I mean, we have in, in Germany all the GDPR stuff and uh, imprints, unique imprints on your website and stuff like this. But actually, you don't. Sometimes you don't know um, the the author of that piece of information, and you give a review to a, to the wrong skill. Actually, maybe ending up. 
And that's what, uh, from a user perspective, is very irritating for me. And uh, name-free invocation, yeah, uh, the buzzword discovery, of course. And having the freedom to choose the, my own personal first-party service provider for something. Like choosing, that when I say I want to order pizza, that this will launch the, 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 the pizza service of my choice and not, yeah. not something that's uh, like predefined by the platform itself. And as a developer, um, I'm very interested in see how skill connections w will work, like connecting these microservices that Stephen just, uh, uh, just mentioned. Um, and uh, encouraging Amazon to uh, release less new features, but instead improving the ones that they just released because they give us the tools to do complex stuff. And it, but if we do it, we are running into some issues pretty fast. Yeah. Like we are all, uh, all of us uh, advanced programmers and, and developers and let us do these complex uh, stuff and, and back and forth conversations that I'm, yeah, actually that's the goal of, of the whole platform and the whole system. That's kind of touching on some of the stuff that uh, Tom Hewitson had, had spoke about. I don't know if you either caught his talk here. He spoke about it all about voice, didn't he, Tim, last, uh, last November. Talking about this concept of closed platforms being bad for innovation, and what you're saying there, Tim, is that features are coming out, but you might not necessarily have the uh, ability to, to do whatever you need to do with them because there is a reliance on, on the kind of platform. Do you see... Do you see the ecosystem, and not just Alexa, but Google as well, because it's similar kind of situations when developing on Google. Do you see the platforms becoming more open in the next uh, 12 months, 18 months? Going beyond no. uh, day one, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I love that approach. That's what I want yeah. to point out here as well, is I love the approach of every day is day one. It's always yeah. day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at some point in the future, we might could go the way to day 1.5 yeah somehow yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah at enough. least yeah fair dues fair dues any closing thoughts on, on, the, on the future of, of the voice industry where do you think we're going to be heading in the next 12 months I know we've covered a few a few uh, things we'd like to see happen any, any other thoughts I think over the next year, you know, in 2020, we're going to see a lot more investment activity in the voice space, probably a lot more acquisitions. We actually, we saw a few in 2019 that were interesting, right? Um, in fact, we saw a skill developer get acquired yeah. last year, which is rare. You know, somebody who only develops skills. They're not developing underlying language processing technology. They're just developing skills. Uh, and I think we're going to see more of that in 2020 as larger companies start to take voice seriously and need the talent in order to make skills for their brand and don't want to outsource it. Yeah, the, I don't have any big predictions about what is coming. Uh, what I would like to see is sort of the, uh, well, I mean, idealistically, what I'd like to see is the community go back to the way it was in the early days. It's probably not going to happen, but if we could come to some sort of like middle ground where we're kind of not cannibalizing each other, where, I don't know, we have, uh, as a community, we have mechanisms to like prop up and support people who are doing cool things. Um, actually, I think podcasts like this are uh, a great start to that. Uh, but I think that's something that could benefit all of us. Mm -hmm. 
so what, what's changed then on, on the community side of things what, what was money. kind of money so, so but in terms of what the community was like in the glory days as you say versus what it is now what's kind of changed is it, is it the, now that there's money involved it's a bit more competitive or there's there are there are a lot of people who are now in the industry because they see it as a a path to a payday um, who they don't necessarily care so much about like they, they don't geek out about the technology the way we do they they don't uh, they don't engage in the community they're not like a lot, a lot of the the people who do be, have behavior that's sort of antagonizing are they're not the people that are on Alexa slack they're not you know answering questions on the, the developer forums um, they're not taking part in Twitter conversations they're just these like like nebulous entities that are out there producing things that nobody none of us know who they are um, and it's it's frustrating mm. isn't that a, isn't that a sign of of the industry advancing though do you think it is i just i wish that it wasn't <laughs> or you can have other signs of the industry advancing as well without bad actors yeah, and, and on that point too, there's there's things that you know we can do as a community, and things that Amazon can do, for example, to help police the community more, to help uplift the people who are doing ethical things, right, and not promote the people who are doing these like shady, <laughs> shady tactics where they're not putting the customer first, they're not putting the community first. Given that we've mentioned and we've alluded to the community being a little bit bigger now than it was. Lots of new entrants coming into the the sort of uh, the industry, and lots of people who are probably even just building their kind of first sort of skills today. So, given that you're all Alexa champions, you've all been there from the beginning. What would your kind of advice be for someone who is just getting started building Alexa skills, Steve? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I think it all has to start with the use case. That is, uh, you have to find a case that actually fits well with voice. Um, and then if you love it and you're passionate about it, um, just go for it. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think uh, you can force things that don't work in a voice sort of modality to work in a voice modality. So that's, like, the starting tip. Like, find the right use case. Yeah, that's, I agree 100% that spend one or two days more into design and uh, the concept work and find a real existing problem that you can then solve via voice and, and see, be more critical if voice is the right, the right uh, way to do it, the right interface to solve the problem because there will be more competition in the future. And uh, you have to invest more time and more thoughts on your design um, and have to improve it. Maybe you have something uh, released in 2017. Now it's time to improve it because there will be more competition and it's getting harder to be um, first choice. Eric, any, any advice for, for people getting started? Apart from join the Slack channel and... Right, uh, right. <laughs> uh, I think sort of maybe as a counterpoint or maybe... Uh, Maybe before the advice that was just given, I think the first thing you should really do is think about something that you think would be fun, build that, expect to get nothing out of it, because uh, that'll give you the foundation of, like, un of sort of understanding what you can and can't do with voice, and then jump into the steps that, uh, that we just heard. 
Yeah, kind of on that same point. Um, you know, when I built the sleep sounds skills, you know, I didn't build them to get a lot of users or make money. Like I built them to solve a problem that I was experiencing firsthand. Uh, I was just literally trying to solve a human problem, right? And you know, I think if you really put this, just put the customer first, you will end up being successful. Um, and think of how think of things that you do in your daily life that can be converted into a voice experience. You know, like when I started looking into the stock market and trading stocks, you know, I thought, all right, you know, looking up stock prices is something that you typically do on a computer. Um, doing it on voice would be really cool. Okay, what's out there in voice? Oh, there's some skills that allow you to look it up via a ticker symbol. Does a ticker symbol really make the most sense in a voice context? In my opinion, no. Like you'd rather say the company name rather than remember some three, four character ticker symbol, right? Um, so that is, is how I approached skill development and figuring out, all right, what, what are the opportunities that I can take advantage of to take something that exists today that we've been doing for decades, basically, and make it better for voice? Mm. Fantastic. And attend events like Project Voice, a Voice Summit, and local meetups maybe contribute to the, to the what, what I call fa voice first family, um, and share your knowledge and not keep it, uh, keep it for you because that's what can push the whole landscape uh, forward. Good point. You forgot to mention All About Voice in November. <laughs> it would have been a bit shady as well. <laughs> I'll do it for so. you then. So where can, people, where can people find out a little bit more about you or, or, or test your skills out, Nick? Yeah, so you can find uh, all of InvokeDapp's work at InvokeDapps.com or if you're looking to get a better night's sleep, sleepsounds.com. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Schwab or NickSchwab.com. Cool. Eric? Yeah, so uh, 3PO-Labs.com uh, is it's my domain. I do some uh, sort of infrequent blogging there, but you can also get links out to uh, my various skills. I also run the Seattle Alexa Meetup for any Seattle listeners. Make sure to hit that up. Cool. I'm in at Black Voice on Slack and Twitter. Cool. Steve? Uh, LinkedIn, Steven Arkonovich. You can find me there. You can find uh, the Big Sky and Phil Philosophical Creations on Twitter at, at PhilCreations. Those are both good places. Cool. Tim? 169labs.com, uh, allaboutvoice.io, uh, <laughs> and vui.guru. And um, Twitter is a very good source of information for everyone who's new to the uh, space of voice. Cool. Yeah. Tim, Steve, Eric, Nick, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Cool. Cheers. Boys and girls. <laughs>